Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome in Center Court, Winner's Circle Network with the NBA playoffs raging on. We're going to kind of finish our, our college basketball, NIL, and all the transfer portal things. And we've got a, a very special player, a, a local product in the state of Virginia who decided to enter the transfer portal, Sam Brunell, who's leaving Notre Dame and coming to the University of Virginia. Ralph, she committed in early April. And, you know, to hear a college uh, I hate to say kid, but to hear a college kid's perspective now of their choices, I'm getting the feeling that college students and college student athletes are growing up in a hurry with everything circling around their heads. Mac, man, I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, we gone from, you know, the portal to NIL, and this is one of those prime examples of a young lady that has, um, you know, homegrown and grew up and, and, and played basketball and had a desire to play. And, and wanted to be good. And here she is now coming back to UVA uh, for her last two years and going to get her master's. So, I mean, Mac, she's coming back to get her master's. Yeah. Uh, so it, this is going to be a great interview. I'm excited to uh, have her on and aboard and then also excited to get her back at UVA and see what we can do with her out there. But she's going to be amazing. Yeah. Brunel, um, you know, had such a great career at William and Roman. It's part of her resume now uh to save time but she was ranked number six overall by espn women in the class of 2019 she reached as high as number one and uh became a two-time naismith high school all-american gatorade virginia player of the year three-time all-state it goes on and on i don't know your point totals in high school but hers are 22 29 2229 points and over 1200 rebounds um, and her she may have me beat, Mac. She might, she <laughs> might, she, that's a lot of points in high school. That's Boy, it sure is. But she does hold a couple of records and um, and just decided to leave Notre Dame. And, you know, every every student athlete now has the option, has the reason, has the background. And to think, I mean, she is so grounded by her parents, too, that, um, you know, coming to UVA was quite the announcement early April. So I'm kind of glad that we were able to, you know, secure this. And, and Ralph, I don't know when you hear these student athletes talk now, which I know you do, do you just think back and kind of shake your head and how different it was? I, at night, to me, 1979, 1980 doesn't seem like that long ago, even though I know we're antiques, but do you shake your head now and think about what was then and what is now yeah i do i do i do i, I do it all the time I, I was watching some nba games the other day and watching some social media like okay uh you know with a big weightlifter and, and then you know high school and the evolution of just the weightlifting and the training mm-hmm. but we played we played every day we ran hills it, it had to evolve i see guys now weightlifting before the game and after the game and during the game uh and i got to an nba you couldn't lift weights. They didn't want you to lift weight because it's going to make you big, bulky, and sore. I'm like, okay, great. But I was the first guy to put weights into a, a locker room in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so I see guys looking at them, I'm like, okay, come on. I mean, the evolution of just that alone, and then the money that they make is just crazy. It's just yeah. Crazy. Well, Sam Brunel is our guest. We'll go to break. We'll come back. As she, as I said, former uh, Notre Dame player, made the all-ACC freshman team for the Irish, but is going to be in Charlottesville and playing at the Jack. 
We'll have that story when we come back. This is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is Samson Family Foundation. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. I'm just really happy to be on a team with a lot of great teammates, a lot of very talented teammates and coaches who really believe in us and they really, you know, want to help our culture, you know, get back to where it was, you know, when we were contending for championships, contending for Final Fours and being in the tournament. So, you know, I'm just super excited. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome in, Center Court and the Winner's Circle Network. And uh, Ralph, it took us about two minutes to go through a resume in the open. So uh, we'll just welcome uh, Sam to the program. And I don't know if she passed you in total points in high school and has had a stellar career at Notre Dame and is now coming back home and we'll get into all that. So, but I did say stick that she's probably the best player since you in Harrisonburg. So <laughs> best player since me, but I got the, the overall best female player, right. And in, in, yeah. in the Valley. So it works. It's good. Welcome. How are you doing? Great. I'm so excited <laughs> to be on here with you guys and super happy that you asked me to be a part of this. Well, it only took a month, Sam. We understand your schedule and all the things you've had going on. We, we understand. So you're coming to Virginia. You're coming back home early April. That was your that was your tweet, I think, uh, that hit the. Uh, so talk about the decision and and, and I, your your mom and dad just got to be excited the fact that you're coming back home to play basketball in their backyard. The process was you know pretty insane actually. So you know I entered the transfer portal or whatever um, like right at the end of March, um, and then basically UVA reached out immediately. You know I started the to develop that relationship. And, um, you know, I planned a visit. They were my first official visit or whatever that I took, um, being a transfer. And I had also lined up after them, um, NC state and Penn state to visit. Um, but while I was at UVA on my visit, I got this feeling like this is the place I needed to be. And this is, this is home. Like I'm, I get to come back to a place where all my family, all my friends, the people who, you know, like raised me, they can all like come and watch. And, um, you know, it's perfect opportunity. I think coming back to UVA now, um, I think it's going in a great direction and, you know, they cleaned house with, you know, coach Mox bringing in coach Mox and her staff and everybody. And, um, you know, they, they're one of a kind coaching staff. I really believe that. And, you know, she knows what it takes to win and what it takes to get to the NCAA tournament. She's done it. She knows how to get to sweet 16s. And I think now that she's at UVA, she has an even better chance to make it further than that with us. And I'm just super happy that I can be a part of the group that can kickstart this new era of UVA women's basketball. 
Um, <laughs> but it was really surreal just committing on the spot. I had to end up calling like NC State and Penn State <laughs> let them know like, hey, Bye, uh, see y'all later. So, yeah. yeah, see y'all later. Yeah. I was like, you know, I just committed to UVA. Um, you know, thank you for your time, whatever. So um, you know, it was it was really cool in that aspect of, you know, I knew while I was there that this is the place for me. And um, you know, just super excited for it. Take me through the process of one when you first you know, went to college and you chose another school and then going into the transfer portal. And that's for the first part, what, what was your process there? But also now coming back home and it's Coach Mock, because of her pedigree and her resume, was she the, the factor that made you come back? Because UVA basketball women, I saw it last year and you could have beat the team when you were in high school. So <laughs> uh, it was ugly, very ugly. So in high school, I... Uh did all of my home visits my junior spring um, with the, the schools that I was considering. Um, and, you know, that year, Joanne Boyle was still, you know, the coach. Um, right. However, she had stepped down right when I was going into my home visits um, from being the head coach. And, you know, I knew Tim Taylor really well. He, um, he was good friends with my mom in high school. Um, so, you know, lots of connections there. And, you know, I enjoyed them as coaches and as people. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew Notre Dame was the place for me. And it was kind of like what happened when I went to visit UVA. I, every time I visited Notre Dame, it felt more and more like home. Um, and, you know, <laughs> to play for a coach like, you know, Coach McGraw, that yeah, yeah, was an experience. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I only got one year with her. But that one year, I think, made me grow up and mature a lot, um, not only as, you know, a person, but as a leader and what it takes, you know, to be successful. And even though my freshman season really wasn't successful by any means on a, on a team level or whatever, um, I learned a lot of lessons through that first year. And so, you know, I'm, I, people ask me all the time, do you regret, you know, going there now? And I'm like, absolutely not. Okay, I think yeah. that that was, you know, the perfect situation for me then. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame has been good to me for the three years I've been here. And, you know, I wouldn't, take a second of that away or you know try to do anything differently because it is an amazing place but you know it is time for me to you know be somewhere else and to have fun playing basketball for the two years I have left so you know it's interesting you you two mirror each other and I, I don't think I've ever asked Ralph if he felt pressure coming out of Harrisonburg to go to UVA or, or even Virginia Tech to stay in state and Sam I, did you feel pressure then and when the transfer portal hit did you feel pressure again you know, because of family and I'm sure friends and everything going, ah, you know, go to UVA or maybe they were saying, hey, go to tech, whatever the transfer was. Did you feel pressure at either time? I really didn't. And I think the only reason I didn't was because, you know, I'm a homegrown body, like whatever. I, I love playing in front of the people who are from green from this area. And that was always special to me. And it never was really a pressurized situation. It made me more comfortable, I think, than anything. And so I think that's what really made the decision that much easier is like, I know I'm coming to UVA and I'm going to feel comfortable. Um, you know, obviously I'm playing in front of a lot of people who have high expectations for hopefully the program going in a you know much better direction now. Um, but I'm not really thinking of it in that aspect. I'm thinking of it as I get to come in and make an impact and help this program reach higher heights and just be comfortable in that um, culture. I mean, with Coach Mock and her pedigree, I mean, I, I don't know her at all, but I know her resume and I know she's already changed the culture, you know, of UVA women's basketball uh, since being there already. I've already heard a lot of things, good things about her, but you know, you are in the cuffs, but taking UVA women's basketball to heights that it's never been to. So I think that's one of your, 
I mean, knowing you a little bit and hearing you speak a little bit, maybe that's part of the decision-making process that you come and make an impact from Notre Dame to UVA, but also watch your parents. I mean, I made a decision because parents go watch me play every day. Right. And for now, two years, because you have that extra year, it's very important to maybe watch and see people understand that know and love you that will um, bring the excitement back to women's basketball at UVA. So congratulations on that as well. But my question would be is the portal, because when you went first, you know, went to college, the portal wasn't there. You would have to sit out a year, you know, before you could transfer. How would the portal process, because you made one visit and made a decision. So putting your name in the portal and everybody's jumping at you basically to come and recruit you, right? And you got to make a decision what school, how many schools jumped at you when you were in the portal? Oh, it was insane. And honestly, that was the one thing I was like dreading about the whole process was, oh my gosh, this is like high school all over again. Like everybody's just trying to reach out and text me, text my parents. There were some coaches who would text my parents before they texted me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, but it was interesting. It's, it's also interesting when you're in college too, because I don't know, you've played against some of the ACC schools who are now like considering you to be right. a prospect for their school. And it's like, wow, I didn't realize you thought that way about me. Like, okay, like, you know, but I don't know. Besides the part of everybody just trying to talk all the time. And, you know, I was in 19 credits this semester at Notre Dame. So I had a oh, wow. very crazy um, last yeah, semester here with yeah. academics. So I think the most overwhelming part was trying to obviously develop relationships with these schools that I'm possibly going to go to while also trying to maintain and, you know, not be too overwhelmed with my academic stuff here because it's the end of the semester right so gearing up for finals and presentations and all this kind of stuff so I think that was the most overwhelming part um was just trying to be able to find a balance between all these coaches and and everything but at the end of the day I figured it out I time managed well and you know it led me to make an easy and early decision so I've heard your mom interviewed on several occasions too. I'm sure, and I probably know this answer, I'm sure they just let Sam grow up and make the decisions that she wanted to make. Right. They did. Absolutely. Um, you know, from high school, I obviously, you know, their opinion meant probably a lot more to me then than it did now. And I still, you know, asked for their advice and whatever foresight and stuff. And but my mom said to me, you know, you're 21 years old now. So this is <laughs> this is your decision where you want to be your last two years. So it is your decision. We'll get back into it. Your decision, but here, let me give you a piece of advice. Come home. Right. <laughs> right now, her 19 on the last rack still has her ahead of all the boys' scores, and she's going to put this thing away. She's got the crowd behind her. High score on the boys' side was 17, and she eclipses that in her first round. Getting them on their feet, 22 for Sam Brunel. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back, Center Court Winner's Circle Network with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. Our guest today, Samantha Brunel, formerly of William Monroe High School, set every record in the world, a resume a mile long and uh you know, Gatorade player of the year and high school. I could go on and on and on. But anyway, now playing for the University of Virginia after the transfer portal. So, Sam, uh, the stage is yours. The story when mom and dad knew that you were that you were coming back to the area. Yeah. So my whole official my whole official visit weekend, um, my parents were around for everything. Uh, so they came into Charlottesville and, you know, they did the touring with me. They did the meetings with me. So 
they were in the environment with me that the same environment I was experiencing. And um, so fast forward to the last day, like the day I'm flying out. So we go into coach Mox's office. We just, you know, chat in talking about a lot of different things. And at that point I woke up that morning kind of to back backtrack a little bit. I woke up that morning, my mom and I were sitting in the hotel and I was like, mom, like, what would you do if I just committed like on the spot, like today? I said, what would you do? I didn't tell her I was going to, I just said, what would you do? And she said, if that's what you, if that's what you want, that's what you feel like, then okay. I said, you know, like when I was home visiting with Notre Dame, I kept saying to them the whole visit, I was like, mom, mom, can I just commit now? Can I just commit now? Like, I just kind of kept winking at her, like, whatever, like, can I do this? And you know, I didn't do it that then to Notre Dame, but I was like, I'm not going to repeat that again. Like I, I know I'm feeling what I'm feeling is right. And so fast forwarding again, we're sitting in coach Mox's, you know, office, just talking about the future and, you know, me and my visit and, you know, what UVA could be and a lot of different things. And it just made the, the whole experience that much more perfect. And, you know, my feeling that much more perfect that this is the place. So I kept like looking over my mom sitting to my left and I kept looking over at her like, like I'm gonna I'm just hinting to you I'm gonna do this like you know I didn't tell her but and coach Mox is in there like seeing me do this and she's like uh like what's going on like she literally was like what's going on and like, no one knew at this point no one knew. no one knew I didn't even tell my mom I just simply said to my mom that morning I was like what would you do if I did that like she didn't even know and my dad unfortunately wasn't with us that morning it was just me and my mom so anyways after <laughs> coach Mox was like what's going on I was like well let's do this thing <laughs> and she was like are you serious I was like yeah she's like oh you know whatever big hug and it was awesome and uh and the next part I posted a video on my social media or whatever um of like the assistant coaches reactions so basically they weren't in the room with us it was just coach Mox my mom and I and so my mom was like well what if we just play like that coming home song or whatever and bring them in here and so basically coach Mox had her phone on like recording and she was like telling them, you know, Sam's got to visit NC State. And, you know, she just wanted to tell you guys about that. And I had the song on my phone. And as soon as she said that, I pressed it. And it was like, I'm coming home. And they were like, oh, my gosh, like freaking out. And, you know, their reactions more solidified that I was making the right choice. Because if a coach is going to be that excited about you coming, that means you're pretty special and important to them. And, you know, they they see a lot in you. And I knew that I was definitely making the right choice when when they reacted the way that they did. So. <laughs> now, are you were you the first player that they signed since being yeah. at UVA? I was. I was the first one. First yeah. one signed and coming into the portal, and then so hopefully that'll bring or attract some other young ladies to play with you. Yes, um, that will be you know a little bit better than what they have, or, or replace the seniors that they had on the team as well. So I'm sure they're asking you to help recruit now. Oh yeah, and you know I love <laughs> I love to do it because I mean. I'm here. I want to be surrounded by people who are going to make this team successful too. So to me, I love knowing what's going on with recruiting because these are the girls who are going to, you know, join me potentially on this team and um, you know, whatever it takes to get them here. I want to, I told the coaches, I'm like, let me help you recruit. Like I'd love to like, you know, help in some way. Right. And, um, so, you know, it's going good so far, but. <laughs> good. Good, good. Um, to do that and to be that Sam, how do you, um, and, and I can tell and and just following what you've done in, in the years, your speech at William Monroe, for example, before you went to Notre Dame, how do you stay humble? And is it a grounding from your mom and dad? I mean, you're a pretty humble young lady. You could be, 
you know, and I, I, I know Paige Beckers, for example, you know her. She's pretty humble at UConn. Uh, you probably have a lot of friends, but you probably have a, a circle of people that kind of keep you grounded. Absolutely. I, I credit my family to that. My, my parents, especially, um, they set the foundations for me at a really young age. And, you know, my mom was consistently in my ear about, you know, don't be over, like too confident. Like it's okay to be confident, but it's another to be cocky. And so right. I never, never wanted to have anybody think of me as being a cocky person. Um, because it's not a good look, right? Like you can be confident and not be cocky. I think there's a difference. Um, and so I also think growing up in an environment like I did in green, um, you know, being around just people who love and support you the way they do, like you want to be able to do, or I guess, you know, represent them well. And, you know, the way that I played, I think was a, was a reflection of the people around me too. And, you know, the way they treated me and the way that I wanted to treat others, um, and I've just always been grateful and very thankful just to grow up in a county like I did. Like it was very small, very rural, right? I mean, Ralph can attest to that too. I'm sure being over in Harrisonburg a little bit, but you know, it's it's just different. Um, and I think because I, you know, stayed in my home roots and I never left, I think that has helped make me the person that I am today. Um, because I was consistent in my roots. So Maggie, you understand that the water in the valley or in the green in Harrisburg is really good. Spring water over here, so it's good. But imagine though, coming from small town, you know, even Harrisonburg small town, but the rivalries that we have with R. E. Lee, Stanton High School now, and uh, Mike Matt in those in those days to sure. uh, Sam here in in, in, in in a small city, small county and becoming a college basketball star. I mean, that's hard to do. With, yeah. with the competition level, it's not that great. You gotta play tribal basketball and go all over the, the country basically and play. So what motivates you? Cause there's something there that's special. And I know it's parents is one, but you have a huge desire to play the game of basketball. Yeah. And it came from a small county. What is the key to that? What's, what, what's the motivation factor that you have I wanted to be good. I mean, I know where mom was and I, I, I got up every day. I had a great high school coach. Right. And, and I, you know, every day I wanted to be the best I could be. And my parents have a, have a lot to do with that as well. But mm -hmm. other than your parents, there's something else in you that I can tell here that motivates you to be who you are. Absolutely. Um, so basically, I didn't just grow up playing basketball, right? Like I played lots of different sports. I played softball. I played soccer. I played volleyball. Mm -hmm. And I stuck with softball and volleyball um, through my middle school years. But I think there was just this, you know, I, I kind of knew I was naturally better at basketball than the other two. And I think also just knowing that I have this potential in my bag, if I just work hard enough, I can be something. And what's, what's funny. And I tell people all the time is like, my mom played college basketball and softball at Bridgewater college right across yep, the mountain. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And my dream through elementary school till about fifth grade, when I started playing on a boo Williams team, my dream, my dream up until then was to be like my mom and play at Bridgewater. <laughs> I told everybody, they're like, what do you want to do? Like, I'm like Bridgewater college, like, like my mom and fifth grade. Right. I joined this Boo Williams team. Um, and before that I was on, I was playing up on a freshman team as a fifth grader because that was the only team locally that I could play on. Um, and so we were playing in a Virginia beach tournament, a bully, a Boo Williams coach saw me and, you know, asked me if I wanted to come play for them. And that was actually a difficult decision as a fifth grader because I didn't know if leaving home to you right, know, right, do this right. was the right thing. And I was like, mom, I don't know. Like I'm comfortable with the older girls. 
And she was like, I think you should take your, this leap of faith. So she kind of pushed me towards, you know, that, that decision. And that decision is what I think really made me become this player as being with that team and that organization. And anyways, I joined the Williams team and the director of the program saw something special in me from the start. He loved me. He loved <laughs> the skills that I had. And of course, I'm literally almost six foot tall in the fifth grade. Like I grew really fast. And so everybody's like, you're going to be six, four, six, five. Now I plateaued at like six, one, six, two, but, <laughs> um, you know, I had a baby hook shot. That was my money, but my, that was my money. Called in and, you know, I could shoot the jumper or whatever. Um, but anyways, I played up in a showcase tournament with the Williams team and I got my first college letter in the fifth grade from oh, wow, wow. St. John's, I think. Um, and that's when I knew, okay, my dreams got to change. And so this is all like within myself deciding this, like, okay, no, Bridgewater can <laughs> whatever. St. John's Bridgewater. That's, no. a, that's a whole different ballgame. Exactly. And so that's when I was like, okay, I got to work. Like I can be special if I just work hard. And so I sacrificed a lot throughout my middle school and my high school years. Like I wasn't the typical kid, you know, hanging out with their friends all the time, going to movies. And, you know, I sacrificed a lot of your childhood stuff that you usually typically do. Um, Cause I trained six and seven days a week in Richmond. If I wasn't training, I was traveling to play travel ball somewhere. Um, and I think because of the amount of time that I chose to put into it and to push myself, you know, that helped me become the successful player that I was, you know, coming up and everything. And, um, you know, USA basketball, like I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't, you know, train my butt off all through middle school at a young age. So, you know, there's just sacrifices that you have to make. And I think I was just mature enough to know that I needed to make certain sacrifices to be the best. Somebody taught you well, but going to Boo Williams is, is, is a huge leap uh, uh, and a com huge commitment to the game of basketball because you get exposure as, as well. But you, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of travel, a lot of weekends. So, uh, you know, you, you grew up kind of fast, which which is OK. And I uh, didn't get to do the thing little girls do. But I know the Boo Williams thing. But the coach said Boo Williams just saw you. And then the first letter, when you got this first letter, it was like, what? I mean, was it? A letter to you, mom. That mom said what? Bridge. She said Bridgewater or St. John's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That first letter is crucial. I'd like to meet the coach who sends a letter to a fifth They start young. I'm telling you, they get younger and younger. Um, but no, there was a letter addressed to me, Samantha Brunel, and I. Uh, my mom was like, "You have a letter from." She didn't tell me who it was from. She just handed it to me, and I looked. I was like, "Oh!" So I opened it and I read it, and they were, you know, it wasn't an offer letter, but it was like we're interested in you. Like we would like to connect a lot of, da. Yeah. Yeah. And so my first offer actually was seventh grade from wake forest. Um, oh, wow. and they're, they're great people down there. And wow. so they're my first offer. And like when that happened, my mom, so they offered it through my mom. So they talked on the phone to my mom, not, not me first. And my mom told me, and I was like, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> and my mom, you know, explained like, whatever, like basically this means college is paid for and you can play basketball at this school. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so it just kind of started trickling after that. It was like Maryland and UVA and like everybody else, but it's crazy how young that they're starting to like do this. It's, it's really crazy, honestly. You always take steps forward. And then when you kind of have a little setback, it's it's never fun to deal with. I am still that player that I was, and I'm still striving to be greater than that. And when I'm in those positions, I am successful. And um, it just requires trust from my teammates and trust from my coaches. And, and they do trust me. 
You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network, and our guest is Sam Brunell. Did UConn ever come after you, Sam? Did UConn want you to play for the Huskies? They did. They did. Um, Gino and UConn started recruiting me when I was a freshman. Um, you know, kind of when the whole USA basketball thing had happened, they had obviously just released top 25 rankings my freshman year, and I, I landed as number one then. Um, and so, you know, took a visit there, and they were great. My sophomore year, they ended up offering me. Gino sat me down with my parents in his office and, you know, gave me a scholarship offer if I wanted it. And, you know, that relationship continued through my junior year. And then I took a visit there and that January um, of my junior year. And then after that, I kind of stopped hearing from them just out of the blue, stopped hearing from them. And then around home visit time, like reached out to them was like, Hey, like what's going on? Just haven't heard from you in a couple months. Like I'm trying to schedule my home visits. Um, you know, I was told, you know, oh, we thought you were too much of a homebody and you, you know, weren't going to be serious about coming here. So we just kind of laid off and I was like, okay, well, then I asked the question of like, well, if I was to commit to you guys, like, is my offer still there? Cause you never said it was gone or anything. And, you know, the coach I was talking to was like, let me check with him. And I was like, okay. And so that was kind of when I knew, okay, definitely. I'm not going to go there. Like, this is a little crazy. Um, so basically that all ended and I ended up going to Notre Dame anyways. And I knew yeah. that that was the place, whatever, it worked out the way it was supposed to. But the interesting thing was, I guess somebody from UConn, whether it was Gina or somebody else went to the media and was like, we never even offered her after <laughs> I committed course. to Notre Dame. That's, that's and coach, I'm like, yeah, that's coach but then coach. I spoke out on that. I actually said something, the media asked me and I was like, well, that's false. Um, he did <laughs> and in fact do that. And to my face, my like sophomore year or whatever. Um, and I think that was the only thing that I never, I didn't respect about the way that they went about that was they couldn't just be straightforward and, you know, tell me, you know, your offer is no longer on the stand or just handle it a little differently. Like that to me was not the way or the respectful way to go about things. Um, and you know, Maryland actually pulled my offer from me and called and told me that, um, when yeah. I was like a sophomore, like I respected, at least they called to say like, Hey, your offer's gone or whatever. Right. Um, so that happened. Um, so there's some sour grapes there, but coaches are pulling offers. If you don't commit as a sophomore. Yeah. So I think what happened there with Maryland is I'm sure, I think they got to commit, um, in my position and I just wasn't ready Mm. to go, uh, or to decide then, um, you know, it took me a whole nother year to obviously decide. And, you know, I think Maryland over recruits a lot. And so basically when the spots filled, the spots filled and that's it. That happened. But the good thing was I probably wasn't going to even end up there. So, you know, that worked out in my favor, I guess. So when it comes to shift the, the, the name of his likeness, so the portal, Notre Dame to Charlottesville, your opinion of the name, image and likeness, are, are you involved in that? And uh, what are you, what's your opinion of all that? Because it's kind of a wild, wild west right now. Right. That type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty involved in it. And I've been pretty involved in it since July 1 when it started. I've done pretty well with it, I think so far compared to some people who are getting like a million dollars like no i'm not making a million dollars but you know yeah. some people just get made a million dollars in name image and likeness oh my gosh i mean all these football players who are going to colleges just because they're getting paid like eight hundred thousand or a million dollars i think that's just crazy and i think you know that's a different point that that's a sad story is like that's what college sports is becoming now is like with nil people are using it to get kids to come to certain colleges and right. it's no longer about like 
I love this school. I want to come play for this school. Like, no, you're coming to play at the school now because they're paying you like money and giving you a Lamborghini. Like <laughs> that's, that's where I think that this is, you know, troubling. Um, and you know, I fortunately have not had to deal with any of that, <laughs> nor would I, if I was no. even asked. So, um, but anyways, I have a couple, um, you know, long-term or longer term contracts with certain companies that I've had since it started, um, like a skincare company and a pillow company, um, a slide, a merchandise company. And, and that's been really good. And then a lot of my stuff has come from doing shorter campaigns for companies. So like I did urban outfitters and they sent me a bunch of products and paid me, you know, a couple thousand just to, you know, post a couple pictures in the outfits. And it's like stuff like that. Like companies are paying thousands of dollars just to post couple posts. Right. I did Haribo, the gummies. They just paid me a couple thousand to, to do a couple of posts, um, promoting a filter for their gummy bears, like sent me 20 things of gummies. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the other thing is I haven't been represented by an agent. So I've been doing this all on my own. Um, you know, I created a business email that I attached to my social medias. Um, and that's how these companies can get in contact with me. There's a company called Mogul who is the CEOs are Notre Dame alum. And so they, you know, they're not an agent to me, but they're like one of those websites where you can get on and companies can find you through there. Um, they've got me a couple deals. Um, so I am looking to sign with somebody now though, because I realized in March that this is insane. I'm trying to focus on what I need to be focusing on, but also like I've signed these contracts for companies. Like it's a job. It really is. Um, influencing is a job in itself because you sign a contract to get paid thousands of dollars you got to follow through with it so i think having some help on my end with scheduling and you know getting deals especially locally now um that would be exciting and you know better and easier for me if i can be represented so i'm definitely in some talks right now trying to figure out who i want to represent me but um i think overall it's it's good except obviously what we're seeing now with certain athletes going to colleges because they're getting paid thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that so how, how much was notre dame involved in school do they have their own program they i mean i'll get into because uva has their own program now that i'll definitely be glad to introduce you to but how much was the school involved at notre dame you mentioned a company that's maybe associated with notre dame in in south bend but how did the school did the school help you with this when it launched or or you kind of did it on your own? I kind of did it on my own. I think the the best thing Notre Dame did was at least hand out policy cards to all the athletes. So like what is Notre Dame's policy, what you can and cannot do, I guess. And the and the nice thing about Notre Dame was you could do almost anything you wanted. The only thing is you cannot wear anything Notre Dame, you know, logo or licensing stuff essentially. And that's like the case at most colleges Right. is you just can't wear whatever the logo or is and your commercials or whatever that made it easier on me, honestly, because I got to do a lot of fun deals because if that's the only thing that I have to be aware of, then that's easy. Ralph, you remember when we talked to Lowe that, that students, athletes, and you know, through Cast Future, now they can get a marketing agent, actually. They're not called right. agents per se, but you can get a marketing agent when you, you step on the ground. Maybe you already have one. Um, yeah. Did I see an Instagram picture, though, with a stack of cookies and <laughs> Nabisco or whatever, Chips Ahoy? Did I see it? Were, were you representing the cookie people? So I was representing Kroger. Oh, and, that's what it yeah, was. Kroger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was like a game day snack, like watch <laughs> like advertisement thing that I was doing for them. And that one actually took quite a while. It was a campaign, but 
with all the logistics, I'm probably, they reached out to me in like either January or February. And I didn't actually post it until like March. So that one took a while, but it was a lot of money. So practicing, playing, developing the game, schoolwork, 19 hours and social media. I mean, how do you juggle all three of those and still become you know, grounded and motivated to perform? Uh, because obviously I think this in the next two years, I mean, once you get out of college and hopefully get to the WNBA or wherever your dreams may be, you're going to have this thing already pretty much set. Um, you know, then you have the uh, the counting process with this name and like, you get paid money and then what happens to all that? And then UVA with Lowe, obviously we got the Darden School and the, and the, and the law school connected to that so they can read the contract. So uh, I'm looking to definitely connect with Lowe, but how do you handle all that? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a job, like you said, employment is a job, but it seems like you handle it very well. You know, I haven't, I really haven't been involved with a company who hasn't been flexible to, you know, the different, the other things that I'm committed to, as in obviously playing basketball, like everybody knows, especially in March, like it's March Madness, like that's what I'm locked in on. And, you know, everybody, everybody gets that we're in college and we're doing a bunch of things, right? So I think that's what really helped me through it was if I needed to ex- like have an extension on getting content done or something, every company was like, that's fine. Like we understand. And so I think that was like the helpful part with trying to balance, obviously figuring out when am I going to do, you know, my NIL ventures and when am I going to do basketball and in school? Um, and, you know, at times it was a little overwhelming, but I would say, you know, never took away from my priorities being school and basketball first. Um, and I think that's what kept me grounded was I never let my priorities stray and especially in the ranking of their importance. So, and I think that's why I'm especially looking for a representation now is like, that's going to take a lot off of my plate. And I think that's why it was very overwhelming was because I was doing it all by myself. And so right. getting, you know, multiple emails a day about doing things and having to read through everything is it takes time. Right. So I think there's going to be a lot taken off of my plate, um, finding some representation. I think the woman that went to Bridgewater will be her representation <laughs> and take care of a lot of that uh, at some point in time. She might not want to do it right now, but I think, you think close to home, the mom, she'll get some home cooking yeah. and uh, drink some Valley water and she'll be all right. <laughs> you think, you think mom's got that agent? Mom's thing got that covered. Mom's got that covered. <laughs> Sam, we can't, uh, we can't thank you enough. We just wish you all the best because I know it's been a whirlwind tour for you. We really appreciate it. And truly all the best. Thank Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Samantha Brunel on center court, now a Virginia Cavalier. Ralph and I return on the Winter Circle Network right after this. A bold new experience is coming to Charlottesville. Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson is opening the American Tap Room. It's an upscale sports bar brought to you by the basketball legend himself. Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room has been built in the spirit of competition with everything from burgers and wings to premium steaks and seafood. The Tap Room also features a special Ralph's House IPA made by the Three Knots Brewing Company. With a grand opening just a couple weeks away, now is your chance to join Ralph's team and get in on the ground floor of the American Tap Room launch. Whether you're traveling for the game and looking for that special pregame meal or meeting that important client, Ralph's American Tap Room is in a terrific location in Barracks Road off of Emmett Street. Discover Hall of Fame greatness. Log on to americantaproom.com.
Welcome back to Center Court Winter Circle Network with uh, Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald, and uh, Sam Brunel is she's doing everything correctly. You know, Ralph, to have the parents and the the grounding that we talked about that she has, it just sounds like that her path transfer portal. Say what you want, coming to UVA, graduating early, master's degree at UVA, two years of eligibility. It just sounds that Sam is doing everything correct. I mean, she, again, um, amazing story. Um, imagine getting a, a letter from a college when you want to follow your mother's footsteps and go to Bridgewater College and you get, you know, St. John's letter at, in the fifth grade. In fifth grade. In fifth grade. And then you get excited and you realize, okay, great, something good because somebody sees something in me that potentially I can play at the college level and get my education paid for, which your mother alluded to in, in, in her story, which is amazing. That, that, that right there just said a lot. And Mike, you said it in the interview, they're recruiting kids in the fifth grade. I mean, give them a chance to grow up, you know, give them a chance or whatever. That's all this AU and the boot and stuff. I, I, I enjoy all that, but come on, give them a chance to be a kid and, and grow up and, and, and enjoy it. But she's a rare breed for sure. Oh, and, and plus she, you know, Al Groh always used to talk about quarterbacks who get it. You know, they get it. And she gets it. <laughs> she understands basketball is important. She wants to win. She's competitive as, as, you know, the world is round. But she knows also that she's got a great opportunity to market herself, help her family. If she steps into the WNBA, there'll be, you know, she's already, worked, uh, as you said, she's, she's represented Jeans and Kroger and I mean, it's amazing uh, all the things that she's done already. So, and very, and, and again, very mature about it. You know, this isn't something very. that's just that she doesn't know what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. But see, and, and then I want to pay a tribute to the young lady that uh, committed suicide at Bridgewater College. Right. Uh, right. You whatever, because uh, it was so much on her plate, even at a small school like that. Now, imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, Sam taking a UVA, and but she's got a great uh, surrounding with family. This, that, and the right. other. I'm sure this other young lady did as well. But it's a lot of pressure for a young man or woman at that at that early stage to be that good and stay that good and relative to going off to college and get your college degree paid for, it and then potentially play in the WNBA or any professional sport that may be out there. But Sam had, I mean, she's well grounded. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't she doesn't show showboat anything that she knows she's good, but she works at it. So. That's a great example to follow right there for sure. Well, I have to ask, when did uh, your first letter roll in the door? How old were you? <laughs> uh, you know, Mac, Coach, Coach Bergie, I, I need to go get them out of storage, but they came in probably in the, in the, in the probably eighth or ninth grade, but yeah. I, I didn't pay attention to him at all. Coach Bergie did all that work. Oh, that's true. Uh, you know, he took me, I mean, we had this universal machine and we created the weights because there wasn't a lot of dumbbells and we were doing, <laughs> we were doing leg presses on the bench press. So, I mean, he was, he was very creative, innovative when I was younger. So I, I contributed a lot, a lot of, you know, most yeah. of my success with him because he helped me out so, so uh, much. That's great stuff. Well, look, have a good week. I hope everything's going well with the restaurant and I will catch up with you. And I guess we have a, a celebration next week. We have a, an anniversary, right? Yeah. Anniversary coming up. All right. We'll talk about it next week. Senate court with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. Have a great week. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.